welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Jim Nelson. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. This episode is sponsored by Wholesale Warranties. Protecting your RV investment means being ready for anything. An extended RV warranty from Wholesale Warranties is the best way to make sure that if an RV failure happens, you can afford to get back to enjoying the RV life as soon as possible. RV warranties are available for motorhomes, fifth wheels, and travel trailers, new and used, across the U.S. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com for a free personalized RV warranty quote today and hit the road with peace of mind tomorrow. This episode is sponsored by RV Flex Repair. Don't let a damaged RV roof keep you from hitting the open road. RV Flex Repair by Ziolo is the perfect solution for RV owners who want to keep their vehicles in top condition. Our easy to use complete RV roofing system can be applied in just one coat and is compatible with other products for added flexibility. Plus, with a lifetime warranty and free shipping, you can have peace of mind knowing your RV roof will last as long as your own vehicle. Visit RVFlexRepair.com today and join the thousands of other satisfied RV owners who have already restored their roofs with RV Flex Repair. Hello, don't change that dial. Yes, you are listening to the RV Life Entrepreneur Podcast. In fact, this is our 300th episode. And it's my first. What an honor to be the newest voice here on the show. I'm Jim Nelson, and I'm joining a great team of hosts. After 300 episodes and with a brand new host, we'd love to hear how we're doing. So please reach out in the RV Entrepreneur Facebook group or at therventrepreneur.com. If you missed my interview with Joshua, check out episode number 298 for all the gory details about how I've been loving the RV life for 16 plus years now. I've also been an entrepreneur for at least 27 years, and I could not have done it any of it without the help of my first guest here today. Spoiler alert, she's my wife. Renee Agredano is the content editor for Arfi Life. She's an author, metalsmith, marathon runner, and co-founder of Tripods, the largest support community for amputee pets and their people. She's also been blogging about our own nomadic adventures since 2007 at liveworkdream.com. And she is my navigator through life, business, and on the road. Welcome, Renee. Thank you for joining me. It's great to be here. Thank you. No, no, no. Thank you. Um, Before we get started in all the tips that I'm sure you can provide about living and working with a wonderful husband on the road, (laughs) (laughs) I I want to start a little something new here on the RV Life Entrepreneur Podcast, and that is to answer two quick questions first. Just real quick, and then we'll get into the discussion. So, Renee, when did your RV life begin, and and what does that look like now? What are your first RVing memories, and what kind of RV travel do you do now? (laughs) My first RV life began before I could drive, because my family has been RVing since before I was born, and I pretty much grew up in uh, truck campers and motorhomes and travel trailers. And it wasn't until you and I decided to 
buy an RV and start traveling, did it really take off? And that was in 2007 after Jerry lost a leg to cancer. And again, people can listen to uh, episode number 298 for the full story. But in short, that was what? We moved into a 27-foot fifth wheel after a dog lost a leg to cancer. No, and then no, no, no. We moved into a 24-foot fifth wheel when our dog lost a leg to cancer. And we lived in that thing for seven years until I finally said, hey, I'm tired of making jewelry on the kitchen table. Can we get a larger RV? We found a 27-foot, which to us was a massive palace. And took that on. Jim, you turned it into the best jewelry studio bunkhouse RV on the planet. And we have uh, traveled around in that since 2014. And then what just happened recently? Oh, my God. We sold it. Just recently. Like days ago. And your new rig is? Is a Project M truck topper by Four Wheel Camper. Basically, it's a truck camper. That is uh, a stripped down version of one that you are going to build out for us in the next few weeks. And we'll be sharing all that in the future. So thanks for that. My second question, real quick. What is an entrepreneur, Renee? Or what do you think it takes to be an entrepreneur in general? That's a whole show in itself, James. (laughs) I'll try to answer it in a nutshell. An entrepreneur is somebody who does not do a, uh, what do you call those? W4s? I don't even remember what those are called anymore. But it's basically somebody who punches their own clock. You do answer to clients. You do sort of make your own hours. Um, It's somebody who's responsible enough to pay your taxes and not get into trouble for not paying them. It's somebody who can make a living and create a future with the earnings that you've just brought to the table. Sounds like you're saying an entrepreneur is someone who makes their own rules and has to pay those responsibilities to do that. Oh, absolutely. So you were growing your own business together with your adorable husband for (laughs) 10 years before hitting the road. What kind of business was that? And how has it changed after moving into an RV? We started out thinking that we would have a traditional sticks and bricks business. Uh, You came up with a brilliant idea to fill an unmet need in rural Humboldt County, Northern California. Uh, you said, hey, let's do digital large format printing. And back then it was a brand new technology and we were totally into it. Went gung-ho, got an SBA loan, did everything right to start this business off. And we did. We grew that for 10 years doing marketing communications, print and publishing for our clients. Uh, we did trade shows, all sorts of fun stuff. And then it wasn't fun anymore. And that's when we decided to sell it. And coincidentally, that's Yeah, it all kind of came together uh, in a weird, bittersweet sort of way because when Jerry was diagnosed with cancer, you and I had already been sort of simmering plans to sell the business. When he got the cancer, everything got sped up to 100 miles an hour and we decided let's move quickly because if he only has a few months to live, let's get this baby rolling and we did. I guess that was kind of a trick question because I, I knew the answer and I'll never forget the day you sat me down and said, I got an idea. Let's sell the business and plan for a year off. And you actually did your magic and budgeted for an entire year off. But that lasted, you know, Jerry lived on, loved life on three legs for two years. And, and that lasted longer than a year. And we started eating in, into our budget. So we did start developing another business. What kind of form did that take? (laughs) Well, see, originally we thought when we hit the road, we thought we're going to travel around and go buy another business. Let's just buy something somebody else has already established. Enough of this setting up your own business kind of thing. Let's go get one and just keep it running and make it better. So we drove around the country looking for a business to buy and a place to live. And as we were doing that, Jerry's story became 
interesting to other people who are also dealing with bone cancer in their dog. You started a website called tripods.com. That's T-R-I-P-A-W-D-S.com. And it was just a little WordPress blog, which I had to convince you to start making because you were convinced that blogging was not the future. But uh, we, you set up this blog. We started telling everybody about Jerry's experience as an amputee dog with bone cancer. And pretty soon people were finding us and they were contacting us, asking us all kinds of questions about amputation and other types of cancers. And we did not have all the answers and we knew that. So as more people started reaching out, we said, hey, we have to connect people with each other. And my brilliant husband came up with an idea to put discussion forums in that WordPress blog. And that's when things really took off with the website. And when I say take off, I mean, really, three-legged pets are a very small niche in the pet parent world. You know, nobody wants their dog or cat to lose a leg to cancer or any other situation. But when they do, to be able to find a community like Tripods, a niche community, is it's very comforting to people. And we realized that right away. So as we were slowly deciding what not to buy as far as business goes, we were simultaneously building up Tripods so that it could help other people and also help keep us on the road um, making money here and there. So as a sensitive niche community, we never really wanted to market or do the high pressure sale with the sales funnels they have today and really <laughs> pushing, you know, things and products on these people. These people are already faced with, you know, high bills and didn't want to, you know, we, we didn't want to sell to them. So we kind of decided to like develop multiple revenue streams at first, right? And well, we, we had to, it wasn't really a decision. We had to find other ways to make money because like I said, Tripods is such a niche community that, you know, we were bringing in 50 cents here, a dollar there from affiliate commissions and things like that, but it wasn't enough to pay the bills. So we started looking at other ways to bring in money and realized this is the way to go if we want to keep traveling. So I started to slowly build up my writing career and you started building up your WordPress knowledge so that you could help other people. And uh, pretty soon we were juggling about 18 balls in the air at any given time. And today that number has pretty much tripled. <laughs> Meanwhile, we, we, I think you actually discovered work camping and that's traditional work camping arrangements are where you work somewhere and they offer you a place to camp. So over the years, um, how did you discover work camping and what type of work camping jobs have you enjoyed? Work camping was something that I was already familiar with before we started traveling because like as a kid, you go to the campgrounds and, and the host comes around and takes your payment and makes sure that you got a little ticket stub on your, the post on your campsite. So I was already a little bit familiar with what these people do. But um, as adults, when we started going out on the road, we met a really nice couple and they were retired uh, college professors who were up in the most beautiful campsite up near um, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And they told us, yeah, we're not getting paid, but we get this really awesome campsite and we get to stay here all summer for free. And that caught my attention because as you come to learn, rent and fuel are your two biggest expenses as full-time RVers. So I thought, man, if we could offset the cost of rent, that alone would do us a lot of good. So they told us about Work Camper News, and we started looking into it and found that to be a great resource for finding jobs, for connecting with other work campers, 
and just learning about the options that were out there because we quickly discovered that we're camping is so much more than um, being campground hosts. We're camping can be a lot of things. You could be working the front desk at a resort. You could be selling Christmas trees. These are all traditional jobs. And now work camping has evolved to work at home and um, punch a clock kind of jobs too. You're technically work camping. So uh, it has evolved along with us. and Working I mean, wherever you camp. And spoiler yeah. alert, again, um, I'm going to have a full episode all about work camping coming up soon. But during this whole time, your the tripods community kind of evolved organically and grew. And as you said, kind of took off and we started adding new kind of offerings for the community. What products and services do we offer our niche community we've grown? And, and what do we have to offer our members? The number one product we offer is support, emotional support. That is priceless to our members. And in return, a huge uh, amount of them will try to support us by shopping through our store that we've stocked, quote unquote, stocked because most of these products are drop shipped from vendors. But we've stocked our online store with products that we have tried ourselves with our amputee dogs. Since Jerry passed, uh, we've had two other dogs that needed assistance in one way or another because they were missing a leg or dealing with a bad leg. So we have provided products like dog harnesses and beds and bowls. And we have also created information products, books. We have published three books on helping amputee cats and dogs. And those types of things are what we find bring in more than just a few cents, but um, not quite enough to really pay our salary. <laughs> so we're still juggling other balls in the air, but we do have a lot of products on tripods that people will buy and bring in revenue for us. So I mentioned on my interview with Joshua that you know I, I was going to ask you, Renee, what's the business model? But um, We have a business model? We do. And there's a funny story in our book, Be More Dog, about when I asked, when we were asked that question at a conference long ago, but long story short, we operate on the freemium business model. Like Renee said, our best product is a warm, fuzzy feeling. So we offer tons of information for free and for a small premium, people can buy the eBooks and get their answers fast or buy the products that help them or our supporter platform. Yeah, that's a big one. Can I, you try to explain that for us? Well, we never wanted the site to be something that people had to pay for to get the information that we're offering. So you came up with the idea to have people, uh, if they want to chip in to the site, they can pay a little bit. And you came up with multiple levels of support that they can contribute on a monthly, quarterly, or annual basis. And some people can do $3 a month. Some people can do $300 a year. And having that different level of support options for our members makes me feel good knowing that they don't have to pay if they don't want to. But if they do, which a lot of people have expressed their gratitude for the information and community that we provide. So if they are able to chip in a little something, great. That's even better. And what they're paying for technically on tripods, the tripods network, it's built on a WordPress multi-site network. So people can actually start their own blogs and post their own photos and share their own stories. And we're now hosting more than 2,000. Oh my gosh. I think we're close to 3,000 Close to 3,000 three-legged dog and cat blogs, all from the beginnings of a simple WordPress blog by apparently some guy who didn't know what he was doing at the time. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that people still want to create their blogs. Not as many as in the past because 
social media has really, well, we all know how it's grown, but uh, it did impact our community in different ways. And one of those ways is that we cannot offer the instant gratification that the Facebook does. But a lot of people want to share their, their dog's story or cats in a lot of detail. So they will start a blog with photos and more more heart and soul than a traditional Facebook or Instagram post can offer. And one of the best things about it is that our tripods network is so searchable. It's We make it relatively easy to find information. So if somebody's pet has a very unusual cancer diagnosis, chances are another member has met with that same fate. And we make it a lot easier to find that information than social media does. So that's what's always kept me going and enthusiastic about the community. You are enthusiastic. I personally have a love-hate relationship (laughs) with the social networks because I've built our own social network. And what I've told people at a conference I talked about long ago um, at the blog pause and how to grow a community on the niche community is that you really get away from the distractions when you get off the Mm -hmm. Facebook and you really have a tighter knit community and there's less trolls and less infighting when you get a group of people together passionate about a common subject. So the, the, the niche community there is where the real juju happens and the magic happens. So we've managed a niche community. Talk to me about the importance of community and peer networking when it comes to building a business. And what are the challenges of fostering such community or peer relationships on the road? Well, earlier you had mentioned the Blog Pause conference that you spoke at when we were starting to ramp up tripods. And that was the first time I discovered that joining a community who is engaged in similar activities as you are in this case, building a business really helps you understand that you're not alone in your struggles to be self-employed as a business owner, to grow a business, to find your audience. Having a community is a, it's a support network for the good times, for the bad times, and for finding information. We had a really great mentor early on in our experience of growing tripods. And to this day, she's still Uh, one of our heroes. And we frequently engage with her and her community of like-minded business owners. Nurturing a business like community on the road is a little tough just because you're, you're all moving around, you're all doing different things. And that's why different organizations like Escapers, when they started, I thought, man, that is such a really cool idea to get like-minded people together. We all have to work. Well, not everybody, but most of us in the group have to work. And so I love how their gatherings are focused on getting work done in the day, having fun at night and on the weekends, that sort of thing. Finding your tribe, so to speak, is the way to go if you are going to be self-employed because you just cannot operate in a vacuum. And you find that tribe online when you're on the road, like our work campers group, the RV. Yeah, RV entrepreneur community group. Absolutely. Just being able to connect with others so instantly is, is really helpful for your mind and your business growth. Okay. So tell me, Renee, you're a content creator, but unlike most of those brand influencers on YouTube and TikTok out there, you specialize in long form writing and publishing. What tips do you have for any nomads out there wanting to get more writing? (laughs) Well, we were just talking about that today. We might talk about that later. So tell me about like initially, Uh, if someone wanted to start being a writer. 
I would say that if you want to be a writer, look at what other people are doing out there. Go to Medium. That's a really great space to see what types of articles engage readers. You know, it's a skill you can develop. I wasn't the best writer when we started. And writing for the web is so different than writing for print. If you are my age and you started writing for print, making that transition to the internet was, uh, it took time for me. I finally felt like I hit my stride a few years afterwards, but join writers groups, join networks that can support you in learning how to keep your writing skills fresh and also adapt to the new technologies that are out there like AI. Because not too long ago, my biggest concern was knowing how to write for SEO. Well, guess what? AI can do that for me now. So now <laughs> my skills need to be honed in how to use AI to my advantage so that I can create good content. So let's go there. What are your thoughts on the AI tools that are out there and how might they actually benefit or negatively impact job security for writers? <laughs> I, I really feel that AI can be used to our advantage if we know how to use it. The problem is that a lot of people most of us don't really know what we're doing yet. I work with a lot of people who are kind of feeling their way around. And sometimes it feels like you're feeling your way around in the dark to understand how to even use chat GPT to help you draft an article. I have used it on several occasions to help me create outlines. I've also used it to help me find good information, which sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And the problem is that you need to be able to distinguish between good information and really bad information. And that's another skill that you need to develop is how to curate content using AI that is truthful and also lets your work shine through. So I, I love it and I am afraid of it. And I know that if I want to keep writing, I need to adapt to using it. Every day. You know, one thing I heard was that, you know, AI isn't going to replace the writers. AI is going to replace the writers who don't utilize AI tools. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. I think that writing for the sake of writing is always going to be a great skill to have. But if you want to make money at it, <laughs> using the AI and learning how to incorporate it, is mandatory now. And this has only happened in the last, what, six months, I think, which is really Rapidly scary. Rapidly developing. Really scary, but yeah. And they, like you said, it's a whole show in itself. There's a great resource out there that we both listened to, the Cal Newport episode about AI. Yeah, that was good. So if you are gung-ho about AI or think AI bad, both, both of those are addressed in his show. And I would recommend that. I'll look that up and try and get that in the show, show notes, notes, Jim. Show notes. Show notes. Show notes. So tell me, everyone wants to know, this is why you're here. Oh. How do you live and work together with <laughs> your spouse in such a small space, 24-7, 365? What, what tips do you have for married couples hoping <laughs> to grow a business together on the road? <laughs> well, Honestly, it wasn't that much of a transition for us because we had been working together for so long before we hit the road. So we had already started a business 10 years prior to getting in the RV and trying to work together. But I would say that my biggest piece of advice is to not step on each other's toes, 
let each person do what they do best. Don't interfere with their work. Be kind and don't uh, jump to conclusions about their work. Try to keep your mouth shut when you feel that <laughs> things aren't going well, but also communicate. You can't always keep your mouth shut, but communication, like anything, even if you're not working together, if you just want your marriage to stay together, you've got to learn how to talk it out. It's the same thing with a business. We have business meetings. And when we first started doing those, it was so weird. First, we did them in the office when we had the sticks and bricks. And then doing them in the RV was hilarious because we're just like at this little dinette trying to be official and run a business. But really, it's just all about knowing what the other person is doing, generally speaking, so that we don't do things like schedule meetings on top of one another. That's a big thing in the RV. If you have a Zoom meeting at the same time as your partner, one of you is going to go sit in the car. So <laughs> I think uh, communication, communication, communication. I would totally agree with a lot of things you said there, especially the delineation, deline, delineation, delineation. That's a good word, yeah. Good, $10 word. $10 word for the yeah. day. Delineation of duties. So do what you do best is something Renee said there. And that's a golden nugget. You know, Renee does what she does for our business. I do what I do. And whenever we try to step over their boundaries and provide input, that's when the communication becomes key because I have a real quick story. First year on the road, we were traveling around the country and interviewing people that lived together, you know, and worked. And, and we met a 90-year-old woman who ran a, a deli with her husband, Mrs. Fazio. I'll never forget her in a small little town in upstate New York. And I said, what's your secret for, you know, working and living together like this? And she said, keep your mouth shut. So I'm surprised you remember that and said that. But about this whole live, work, dream thing, tell me about the challenges of balancing your life and work while trying to live the dream. I don't think it's that much different than anybody who's living a traditional life, except we put ourselves in places with greater temptations to go have fun and, and go experience the entire reason why you're there in the first place. So being in the most gorgeous places in the country and trying to do work can be really challenging because you want to go out there and have fun. And I find that it, sometimes it's really hard to camp with other people who are also you know, doing what we do. Maybe they're retired, maybe they're not, but it, I always feel like a tug between my responsibilities as a business owner and entrepreneur versus my need to enjoy life. So I think that I woke up today. Here's an example. I woke up today. I said, what is the most important thing I need to do today? I told myself that if I can do that one thing, I'll consider today a success. Now I'm in a gorgeous place right now. I'm in Colorado in one of our favorite places, Fort Collins. And we were going to go out with friends until this crazy weather started. But I said, if I can do that today, going out with friends will be icing on the cake. That'll be awesome. I get the, the balance that I want. So I think you have to know your priorities in order to make the most of your dream. And you know, one way that I've seen you balance that life and work is by doing what you love. If you throw yourself and your whole heart and your passion into your work, it's not so much work anymore and you are just living the dream. Yeah, that's true. You just have to hope that your passion, not, not hope, you have to know and make it so that your passion actually pays you an income. 
That's the hard part. And that comes back to finding your purpose. Yeah. Which is, you know, doing what you love and helping others. And if you do it well, you're going to make money and succeed. But tell me, tell me, Renee, (laughs) you run marathons, you meditate, you make jewelry. How does exercise or having a creative outlet help cope with the challenges of RV life while managing a business? It's how, how important is it? indispensable. Indispensable. You're talking to a person who flunked PE in high school, okay? And <laughs> I hated breaking a sweat for the first 20 years of my life. And it wasn't until we started having a business together and really doing the quote-unquote adulting thing that I really started seeing how even just a walk around the block with my dog every day would help me blow off steam, look at nature, and... It, remember what really matters in life. So today with all that we have going on, if I don't get a run in at least five times a week, I am cranky. I get cranky. Uh, on the That's days, true. <laughs> on the days that I don't run, I'll, I'll do yoga or something to move my body because you know we're all part of nature. Your body's part of nature. And for me, if I don't feel like I am moving my body in such a way that connects me with nature... I'm just a real bitch. (laughs) No, no. Oh, yeah. So healthy body, healthy mind, healthy business. Mm -hmm. What about having that creative outlet and turning off the business mind? Oh, I love it. I could get lost in jewelry. You know, I can do jewelry for hours and hours and forget what time it is. And you'll ask me, hey, uh, you want some dinner? And I'll, I'll think it was lunchtime. So I just feel like having some kind of outlet besides your work is so important. So I try to, to keep that going on. It'll be interesting now that we're in the truck camper. I won't have my jewelry studio with me for a while. I understand that we're, I'm making a little sacrifice there. So I'll have to find another hobby. I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe extra long distance running. Who knows? We'll find out. We shall see when we get there. Back to the business side of things. You know, What tools do you use? to help manage your business. I mean, you're on the whole CFO side and I'm on the production side, but for, for business budgeting, planning, you know, even content management, all your writing, or for your RV life, like travel planning, entertainment, staying balanced. Are there any apps or platforms you can recommend for other nomadic entrepreneurs? Oh my gosh. I keep our our business and our personal finances completely separate. And to me, that is the number one thing. You cannot be an entrepreneur and blend those two things together because your finances will just be a mess. So I keep our personal finances in YNAB. That's you need a budget. And if you just look up YNAB, you'll find an earth shattering budgeting system that will show you what it's like to proactively budget instead of retroactively. And That to me has been really helpful to keep our household finances under control. As far as business goes, I use QuickBooks. Uh, I hate QuickBooks online because we're a more complicated business than a traditional, let's say, a consultant type of uh, setup that QuickBooks desktop, believe it or not, is really indispensable for us. Now, rewind 16 years. Knowing what you know now, What would you tell Renee and Jim as they left the default life behind? What advice do you have for a young couple new to the RV life who want to grow a remote business together? Two things. One, always remember the situation is the boss. That phrase, which we 
first heard in a Grateful Dead documentary, one of their uh, roadies thought of it and uh, mentioned it in the show. And the situation is the boss basically means you have to remember that every time something goes to hell in a handbasket, you can only control so much in life that happens. It's how you respond to that situation that will make or break your life on the road. And it's the same thing with a business. There were times in our business in the early days where I would fly off the handle for the stupidest things. Now that's not so important. So I think really the situation as the boss is, it applies to both life and work. It's a golden nugget of wisdom, man. <laughs> yeah. And if I can find the link to that documentary, we'll put it in the show notes too. But someone was, hell was breaking loose at a show and someone came backstage and said, who's the boss here? And one of the roadies for the Grateful That's Dead, right. the lead roadie said, the situation is the boss, man. So you roll with it and you make it work for yourself. So, Renee, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about RV life and being an entrepreneur? Oh, man, that's a tough question, Jim. But I would really, you know, my gut response to that is stop taking things so seriously. That's something that I have to remind myself about, too. I want to be successful. I want to make sure we don't grow old in poverty. So we're working hard, but at the same time, every day I have to remind myself to not take things so seriously. So look at your dog, look at your cat, look at nature. If you don't have any pets, just remember that no matter how hard you're working right now, no matter how many possessions you have or what kind of RV you own, you can't take it with you. So build a life that you enjoy, build a business that can support you, but remember those things that matter in the long run, and that will get you through every day. It sounds like you're saying, don't forget the whole reason you're out there living this RV life. You could say that, yes. All right, now don't be modest. What work are you most proud of, and where can listeners see more about what you're doing? Well, I would say tripods, because tripods is my passion. It's my labor of love. I love my work for the RV industry. I do a lot of writing for different RVing publications, including RV Life and all of its websites and in the network. And I do a lot of other writing, but really tripods is my heart and soul. Tripods? T-R-I-P-A-W-D-S. Oh, who thought of that? That's well, brilliant. Well, yeah. Look up the trademark. <laughs> You'll find out. And that's available at tripods.com? It tripods. is, yeah. Well, Renee, thank you very much for joining us today. I think our listeners are going to really enjoy your tips about living with such a wonderful husband and making it so easy on each other. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. Yes, it is possible to live and work together with your spouse in a small space. Renee and I are living proof, but she's modest. Discover our whole story about why we hit the road and how we grew the Tripods community in her book, Be More Dog, Learning to Live in the Now, available wherever books are sold and at bemoredog.net. For many more resources and tips about building multiple revenue streams or growing a remote business from the road, find Renee's book, Income Anywhere, at liveworkdream.com slash income. And if you know anyone with a three-legged dog or cat, send them to tripods.com where they can get help from Jerry, a.k.a. Renee, in the live chat and discussion forums at tripods.com. So, how did I do for my first episode? And how are you supporting your nomadic lifestyle? Please let us know in the RV Entrepreneur Facebook group or at therventrepreneur.com. <laughs>